Brother Ali spends a lot of time in Iran. When he's there, he faces all kinds of restrictions, inconveniences, even danger. But he's discovered all those challenges fade away when he focuses on the glory of God. God is such a good God, you know. That's one thing I think people really need to understand is God is good. God loves us, so everything that he's making us go through, it's for glory. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio from our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. If you listen to VOM Radio regularly, you know that sometimes we have guests with just one name or at least one name that we'll share with you. That's to protect their security. That's the case today as we're hearing from Brother Ali. And you'll also notice that we're changing his voice to add another layer of protection because of where he works. Brother Ali is living and ministering inside Iran. He's one of the partners that Voice of the Martyrs works with in that country. And a few months back, I had the chance to sit down with him and hear what God is doing inside the Islamic Republic of Iran. Ali, welcome back to the Voice of the Martyrs radio. Oh, it's so good to be back. You know, it's like coming back home. Well, welcome home. We love having you here. What's the situation like in Iran? Uh, We've talked in our media here in the U.S. a lot about the resuming of sanctions by the U.S. government. What has that meant on the ground in Iran? Well, um, Iran is right now chaos. Uh, People are rioting. uh, People are upset. But ultimately, Todd, people have lost hope, you know, even to wake up. The sanctions have been devastating. you got to basically take a bare wheel of cash to buy meat, cheese, fruit. And people are upset because one day you wake up and you buy a loaf of bread for a dollar. The next day you wake up and one-fourth of the bread is four dollars. So all the money that people have saved... Even kids that they have in college in other countries, even uh, the things they wanted to buy and they were just saving up like new couples want to buy a car, want to get a house. And one night it was all devastated. So how have people responded to that? Like I said, you know, just completely hopeless. You know, it's, it's a perfect storm. Like I said, many times right now, it's a perfect storm for the gospel. We have economic, social, political and religious upheaval. So people come out because they're forced to eat. You know, they have to eat, so they'll come out and work. But it's just depressing. You know, everyone is like, what's going to happen? Everyone has stress because of, you know, Iran has been in a war before in, uh, in the 80s where a whole generation was lost. And some people are thinking that maybe we'll be very close to having another war with America. When you say it's the perfect storm for the gospel— What do you mean by that? Why does the gospel gain meaning in this time of chaos and frustration? Because when there's times of chaos and frustration, people start to reflect. Because those things that they thought was important isn't important, like material goods, having things. Because they see with one night and one decision that was out of their control, 
all those things have become worthless now. So what is worth, what is worth it? You know, um, why am I alive? Like one of the main questions is like, I want to know why God created me. You know, I want to know why God created me. And two weeks before I was supposed to go to college, now I can't because the money I have is now worthless. And I don't even know how to pay for my tuition. Or a married couple is like, we've been saving all this money to go and buy a house or rent a house. Now we can't even rent, you know, a little one studio flat. Why? Why is this happening? Well, here, let me tell you why. You know, because God really has a plan for you. And so it's been actually one of the sweetest times, Todd. You know, I've been ministering for many years instead of Iran. And I can tell that this is different. God is really moving very powerfully. And I think because Iran is strategic to Islam is. Iran speaks all the major languages of the Middle East. So we have Assyrians, we have Armenians, we have Arabs, we have Afghans, we have Pashto, we have Turks, Turkmen, everyone is inside of Iran. Why? Because of the Persian Empire. We're hearing from a gospel worker inside the Islamic Republic of Iran to protect his security. We're just going to call him Ali, and we're changing his voice. You've talked about the fact this is a perfect storm how is this playing out in your ministry as you go out and talk to people and as, as your team goes out and talks to people? Tell me some stories about some of the ways you're seeing where you just are amazed at how God has prepared the, the soil before you. You know, people are so open in the sense that, for example, we met a father and he was crying. And we asked the father, why are you crying? And he says, because I have epilepsy and my daughter has epilepsy. I've gone to Imam Reza, which is a shrine inside of Iran, which supposedly you can get healed. And he stayed there for eight years. And what people actually do when they go to this mosque is they tie themselves up to the mosque. So they basically live there, you know, eating there, taking a shower there. They, and you can see actually them tied with a rope wow you know like animals waiting for the healing he was there for eight years so imagine he was out of work he didn't go to work he just stayed eight years for his daughter nothing happened and then he came to tehran which is the capital which of course medicine and everything's a little bit better they still couldn't find why his daughter was epileptic to the point where he showed my leader his daughter sleeping and she would have seizures as she was sleeping well my leader said you know what God tonight is going to give you and your child the best sleep of your life. Just something very simple. I ask you, Todd, and I ask your listeners, do you have enough faith that Jesus could give a person one night sleep? We had enough faith for that. So he said, Lord, come. Let this man and let this daughter sleep like they've never slept before. That's an easy prayer. I think all of us can do that. He comes back next week and he says, tell me about this God. Who is this God that you did such a simple prayer? My daughter and me have had the best sleep in the ever. And this is the process that we start them leading them to Jesus. So tell me some more stories of, of these kind of things where you're just striking up a conversation, offering to pray for someone, and then having them come back and say, wait a minute, who did you pray to? You got to tell me more. For example, we will go and we'll meet these people and they're and they'll say, you know what? The hairs on my body is sticking up, you know, they're standing on this end. What's happening? And they'll say, do you want to feel the presence of God in, your, in, in you? And they'll pray right there, and the presence of the Lord will come. And they're like, what's happening? Like, one of them just freaked out. He's like, what's happening? I feel electricity. I feel 
what is this? And then we say, this is God. And he started crying. He's like, I wanted a touch from God. I wanted to know that God is real. And now you've proved to me that God is real. Or many people, you know, when we're meeting them, the first thing they say is, you know, I'm depressed. I have no hope. I have no peace. I'm stressing out. I don't know how to make ends meet. You know, I hate my wife. Whatever. We say, you know, God is your answer. And let me pray for you right now for that problem. It doesn't matter if it's depression. It doesn't matter if it's anger. And the peace of the Lord. You know, the most common thing we're seeing inside of Iran with, through simple prayers, like I, like I said, Todd, is, is that people listen, can they pray for someone to have a good night's sleep? It's like, can you pray that the peace of God will come upon him? And he answers that. You know, he honors that. And he wants to do that because ultimately, when they receive the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is peace. And I think that's a challenge for us and those of us who are listening is, who could we pray with this week with that simple faith? Pray for somebody to have the best night's sleep that they've ever had. Pray for someone to experience that peace. And I love the question, do you want to experience the presence of God? When I think of the man who spent eight years trying to experience the presence of God, why did he go there? Because he wanted to experience the presence of God. So when you ask that question, I can imagine that th that many times you may hear stories. Well, yeah, I want to. I went to the mosque. I did this. I did all these things, but I didn't experience anything. You know, I always kind of use this story in the Bible as the perspective that I have on Islam. It's First Kings chapter 18. It's Elijah and Baal. Baal prophets. It's like Islam, especially Shiites. And we hear y'all as Elijah. So I always egg them on. You know, sometimes I'll t deal with people. I'm like, have you included God in, you know, in, in your solution? Like, for example, if you're depressed, he's like, well, you know, I might have. Well, have you thought of including God? He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, what do you think you should do to include God? And he might say, you know, I should go to the mosque and, and pray five times a day. I was like, you know what? You should. Go and do it. Go. Let me know if it works. Well, that's the thing I say. And next week, let me know how it works. No, I say, next week, I want to hear about it. And next week, he'll come. He's like, no, I went. You know, halfway through, I was, you know, falling asleep. Or, you know, I didn't get what I wanted. Or I wasn't touched. Or I didn't even understand. I was saying, well, I, then I say, you know what? Maybe you need to go seven times. You know, Shiites pray five times. Sunnis pray seven. So it's like, maybe you need to pray two more times. Why? Just like Elijah. Oh, where's your God? Maybe he's in the bathroom. You know? Why you hit yourself? You know, why you take the swords out? Here, why you put some water here? Let's just make this as hard as possible. But in my situation, I want them to see how empty Islam is. So when God comes, it's like a bright light that engulfs them, that they're like, this is God. And what happens when they have that encounter, when they experience the presence of the one true God? They find first meaning in their life. They can stand alone. They're highly obedient to Christ. And they want to go tell everyone about it. What are some of the transformations that you've seen in in people's lives from from before Christ to after Christ? You know, the most simplest thing, like for example, in men, anger, being a um, like a deadbeat dad, like non-existent father. You know, one of the first things that I see is they're engaging their children, engaging their wife, even stopping cheating on their wife. You know, because in Islam, it's a man's religion. And in Shiite Islam, we can have temporary marriages, you know, from one minute to 99 years. And they'll cut that off, you know, or even they'll sometimes even tell their wives. You know, um, other things that I've seen is like women stop prostituting themselves, are emotionally, they'll forgive someone who's raped them, um, depression, 
even you know Todd which is crazy is you know right now we're under sanctions and a lot of people don't have money and you know some people like this couple who wanted to get married they're like you know we were just you know for example twenty thousand dollars short all of a sudden a check for twenty thousand dollars will come wow and the thing is is not that God is a supermarket where he's just gonna give us what we want but it's that God cares you know, and for them, at, at their point where God needs to meet them, he will meet them. And he wants to show, I am a personal God that cares about everything you want. And I want to give you the best and I have an awesome plan for you. And he shows that. How do you think about persecution? The work that you're doing is risky. You personally are at great risk. The Iranian government would love to have a conversation with you, shall we say. So how do you think about that? that risk? How do you think about that on a day-to-day basis? And how do you think about it as you make plans for, hey, here's what we're going to do next month and next year? So um, first, persecution keeps you clean. You're not going to be in sin for a long time if you're in a persecuted state because um, you want the hand of God upon you and you don't want his hand to be lifted from you. It's not that he loves me less or that I have to be holy for him to love me. No, it's about discipline, you know, you know, and we don't want to open doors. You know, the enemy is looking for a door, you know, he's like a roaring lion circling around us, looking for ways to attack. So persecution keeps you clean. The second thing is persecution has forced me as a foreigner or someone who's born in the West to lean into God, you know, um, praise the Lord for America, Europe, there's freedom. But why do we need to lean into God? Do you know, in my situation, sometimes if I don't pray and I don't fast, I'm going to get arrested. You know, Esther was like, look, Israelites, if you don't fast, we're all going to die. You know, that's some good motivation, you know. Or on the other side, Daniel's like, I need an answer from you, God. I need to know what's going on. Tell me. So we do the exact same thing, Lord. Things are going crazy. Like, for example, the riots starting. People are protesting. Secret police is out. Lord, give us a strategy. We need a strategy. Okay, let's call a fast. So persecution has forced me, to be honest, to learn the power of prayer and fast and sticking to the word. You know, one thing that persecution actually disciplined me to do is to be in the posture of prayer. Because if I'm not praying, if I'm not in relationship with God, if I'm not talking to God and I'm not hearing from God, I could make a mistake, a false step, and things could turn very bad quickly. Could cost you your life. That's right. How do you talk to the people who are working under you in the ministry? How do you – we talk about here at Voice of the Martyrs the subject of sufferology. Uh, do you talk with your leaders about sufferology? Most definitely. I mean, I believe that – we have to go through suffering first, then to glory. You know, like, for example, it's very easy. Look at, for example, Joseph. You know, he was called the son. He had the coat. He was ready to rock and roll, but he suffered, was sold, went to slavery, 17 years in jail. Then he was the king. He ruled. You look at Moses, son of Pharaoh, has everything, about to rock and roll. What happens? 40 years in the desert. He had to suffer then he ruled. You look at David, anointed by, you know, Samuel, you're ready to rock and roll. What happens? Saul comes, suffers, 
then he becomes king. You look at Job. You know, there's so many examples. I could go on and on and on. So we definitely believe before glory there is suffering. So when that suffering comes, do do you do you encourage people with that thought? Boy, God must have big things for you because look look at your suffering. Look at how painful it is right now. Yes. And no, I want to make sure their suffering isn't self-inflicted. So if it's not self-inflicted, and the easiest way to figure that one out is, did you pray before this happened? And they say, yes, okay, then this is God. Kind of like Job, or kind of like David, or kind of like Joseph, right? But once it's happening, we need to say, okay, look at the other side. You're going to come out of this valley, and you're going to have your mountain peak experience. So just cons- consider that. You know, like I always look at people, you know, for example, in Iran, a lot of rapes happen, you know, boys and girls. But when they, when they come out of that and they see that all those, that pain that they've gone through, God is using it now for them to touch other women, oh, they say it's even worth it, Todd. Like, it was worth it. Only God can recycle that and do that. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Ali. He is one of our Voice of the Martyrs partners inside Iran. Are there some particular passages of Scripture or stories in the Bible that are encouraging you right now during this sort of season of, of chaos inside Iran? Well, it's funny that you said that. I just finished Job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just finished Job. So just watching that whole process, you know, and and watching how I was thinking, I was like, if I was Job, could I really have stand as long as I could without getting upset or bitter or angry? Because I get bitter, you know, I get angry, especially in my situation where... um I'm not free to move as much as I would like to do. So sometimes I get angry, like, why is this happening? But I just finished Job, and, you know, I could just see, you know, God is such a good God, you know. That's one thing I think people really need to understand is God is good, and God wants the best. And it's not what we hear in America, like, God wants you good, and he wants to do this or that. No, God loves us, so everything that he's making us go through, it's for glory, and sometimes it's not even for our glory, it's for his. Like you look at Job, you're like, well, he lost his family, lost everything. But this was actually between him and Satan. It had nothing really to do with Job. It was just an example. But even if I was lucky enough to be using an example like that, you know, that's awesome. So as I was going through the book of Job and seeing this chaos, and you can see even in Job's life, there's such chaos because he's like, I lost my family here. My friend's coming. They're saying all these things to me. They're they're saying I'm a secret sinner, you know, and I have all these secret sins, you know. And sometimes I even go through that, like, Lord, what's going on? Like, why isn't ministry going? Is there, is there a secret sin? You know, am I doing something wrong? I've had all those feelings, you know. As a leader, you know, Iran is the fastest growing church, and so you're expecting it to really move, and then sometimes you it's just not, and what's happening, or, you know, some things will happen, like arrests will happen, so just how Job was just, you know, so heartbroken, but he kept his his eyes on the Lord, I think that's really helped me, so in this time, keeping our eyes on the Lord. How much fear do you deal with? A lot. I think anyone who says anything different, they're not telling the truth, you know, who wants to get arrested? No one wants to get arrested, no one wants things to happen, and, you know, unfortunately, our mind plays tricks on us, you know, we always think it's worse maybe than it really is so fear is always in it but i think my comfort once again is being in the posture of prayer we're talking today with ali he is one of our voice of the martyrs partners working inside iran ali as we close one of our goals with voice of the martyrs radio is to equip people to pray 
let's talk first for the church, for uh, the people in your network, the people that you're working with, the people that are doing this outreach. How do we pray for them? Um, Todd, what if I told you we're on the verge of having maybe hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ? You know, you've known me Amen. for a long time. You know my <laughs> wife. In the depths of my heart, you know, and I'm pretty pessimistic, you know, because, you know, I'm a Westerner. We're always pessimistic. But this is the first time in ministry I can see that this is the Kairos moment where we're going to see a, a huge rush, you know, uh, a mighty move of the Holy Spirit again. So the biggest thing I want people who are listening to this program to pray is for grace and wisdom so we can harness, you know, like a sails, you know, just have the sails in the right place to harness this wind that's going to not only come in Iran, but it's going to go into Afghanistan, it's going to go to Kurdistan, you know, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Kuwait, the stands. That's, that's the number one prayer because I feel it with all my heart. Things are just clicking and almost to the point where it's out of control in the sense that God is moving so powerfully that we can't count how many people are going to come to Jesus. So that's how we pray for the church. How do we pray for the nation as a whole, especially during this time of, of chaos? That God will continue the chaos. You know, everyone's <laughs> like, we should pray that, you know, Iran, you know, has regime change or, you know, you know something happens at the revolution. Look at Russia. When it happened, look at Eastern, East Europe, Eastern Europe, look even China when money came in, everything stopped. So I always tell people, no, pray that Iran stays this way. You know, that's why like when I look at Turkey and Erdogan, I'm so happy because Turkey is such a hard spot. But now watch how the move of the spirit happens during this crunch time where he's just squeezing people. So I actually just say, pray that the same things are happening. The squeezing is happening because the, one of the unusual things that I'm going about to say that has helped this is that Europe and America has stopped taking refugees. So now there's true hopelessness. They're not saying in their head, okay, you know, I'll just go to Turkey, become a refugee and go, you know, west. Now that that door is closed, now they're just like, okay, I'm completely hopeless. So pray that Iran stays this way, that it stays an Islamic country because I want one day on a Fox News bulletin, the most radical nation that exports radical Islam is now 10% Christian, and they don't know what to do about it. What What would your encouragement be to the American church? And I think of, I mean, you were raised in a Western nation. So somehow you got from a Western nation, Western-style church, to this sort of radical, afraid every day, but so excited what God is doing. What would you say to people in our churches here in the United States? I would say first, you know, go out and engage people that you feel uncomfortable with, you know, and that could be anyone, anywhere, you know, God sends a sheep among wolves. So if you're going to Starbucks and you're not a little bit timid, that's probably not the place God wants you to witness. But if you're going to, you know, I don't know, Target and you're in a line and this person is someone that you never talk to, you don't know what to say. You know, you're, you're, you're sweating a little bit. That's exactly the place where God wants you to be. Why? Because he wants you to be like, you're closing your eyes. You're saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. Help. Because he wants glory, not you. So my encouragement is this is the challenge I have with my leadership. And this is actually a hard rule. You should have 90% unbelievers in your phone, only 10% believers in your phone as contacts. Challenging thought for us, but I... 
I hold on to the hope that that wind that is blowing across Iran can also blow across the United States and uh, we can set our sails and catch it the same way that you're trying to set your sails and catch it there in Iran. Ali, it is always such a blessing to have you here. I always am thrilled by our conversations because I'm thrilled to know what God is doing inside Iran. And uh, the fact that he lets Voice of the Martyrs be a little part of that is, is fabulous to me. So thank you very much for being our guest again this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Well, thank you guys. Pray for us. You know, as you see Iran in the news, you know, in the television, in the papers, you know, just remind yourselves to pray for the, the church in Iran because we have a very special time on our hands right now. I want to encourage you this week to pray for the people of Iran and for the church, both the church in Iran and the church right here in the United States. Next week, we're going to hear from Joe Handley. He's the president of a ministry called Asian Access. Hear how the Lord is working in Asia when we're back next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.